Welcome to GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp. With me today is Jay Franz. And here's a bit about Jay. He is an author, speaker, coach with a passion for leadership development. His coaching focuses on personal branding and development, leading people and teams to reach their maximum potential through strategic coaching. Jay was born and raised in a suburb of Boston. Jay spent his early years building his passion for leadership development with a focus on the entertainment industry. After graduating from college, Jay moved to Nashville to work in Music City, building a name for himself during his 25 plus years as a leader in the industry. And without further ado, welcome Jay Franz. Hi. Thank you for having me. My pleasure, Jay. And I know that was just a brief intro of what you do. Please tell the listeners and the viewers all the other things that you do on the forefront as well as behind the scenes. Sure. No, those were very nice things for you to say to start. Um, In a nutshell, I'm a personal brand strategist. I help people develop a brand that demands attention. So If somebody is looking to advance themselves in their career, I try to give them the path to do such. Amazing. And Jay, um, in your line of work, because you're very multifaceted and multidimensional, I know you work in the security industry, you've done the music, you help with branding and et cetera. And if you think about your background and how you started, did you ever in a million years imagine ended up where you are now? No, never in a million years would I have imagined this. The path I've taken is definitely a non-traditional path. So I started off in the entertainment industry. My goal was to make records and become a rock star and quickly found out that I was not a very good musician, but I was good at working behind the scenes. So I would produce and record records and then help artists develop an image that would get them noticed by the record labels. And then as time went on and the industry changed, I started working in other parts of the industry. So I would work in their transportation side and I would also work in their security side. And what ended up happening is as that continued to develop, I was asked to go on the road with bands and handle their transportation. And then I was also asked eventually to start booking and handling their security. So that's how I started becoming a consultant in both of those areas as well. So I have a very strong background at this point, not only in the entertainment industry and music itself, but in the security side of it as well. And with that strong background in two different areas, because some people may not have thought about grouping them together, but for you, it worked well. Did you ever feel like you were letting yourself down or maybe your family members when you decided to pivot and go on a non-traditional path? Because sometimes in life we're taught oh, go to school, get a degree, get a good job with benefits. So they teach us how to be an employee, but they don't necessarily teach us how to be the business owner and entrepreneur and build our own empire and legacy. And how has that affected you personally as well as professionally? Sure. No, as far as disappointing my family, I'm sure I've done that quite a few times. Uh, My wife says that to me to this day. 
Um, no. So growing up, I'm sure my parents would have preferred I would take a more traditional path. And as a matter of fact, when I approached my father at the very beginning and told him that I would like to go to engineering school, but I would like to go to an audio engineering school where he went to a civil engineering school, he thought I was crazy. And however, his, his guidance to me was he, he would support it as long as I would back it with something else. So I backed it with business school. And at the time, I thought that was just a waste of time trying to go to business school and pursue my dreams as producing and engineering records. But then as it went on, I was so happy he did because there's never a moment that understanding business doesn't play as part of my day. So I did continue on with business and I eventually went on to get a master's in business and so in addition to the engineering credentials, I ended up getting business credentials. That is amazing. And you know why I say that's amazing? It's because hindsight, sometimes we don't always see the bigger picture until we actually go through life and experience it in our own footsteps, our own lens and our own vantage point. And then once we get to a certain period in our life, we begin to see how certain dots connect. But had we gone a way that was traditional and not ups and downs or roundabouts, or like I like to say, life is a hell of a ride call roller coaster because there's always going to be highs and lows but in the highs as well as the lows you learn a valuable life lesson and you just have to be able to articulate that you have to be able to learn how you take uh, the lessons that you learned, the experiences, and apply them and move forward. And with you being a brand strategist, as well as being multifaceted in various um, lanes, how do you help other people who are just like yourself, who have various things that they're doing, but other times people want to compartmentalize them because they only see them as one thing when they are versatile? Sure. Um, I would recommend to anybody to try to truly have a direction and a passion before trying to pursue something. So even though my path has been non-traditional and has gone in a few different routes, you also have to realize I'm older and I'm 52 years old and I've had time to have that path take some, some tangents. So I worked in the entertainment business for 25 years before I started doing anything else Outside of that, I was producing, engineering, and developing artists for 25 years before I started working with their trans transportation side or their security side. And yes, the past 10 years, I've been heavily involved in the security, whether it be with the entertainment industry or other industries, but that came much later in life. And it came because the industry itself transitioned. So it was very hard for people who did what I was doing to make a living. And although I was able to do so, and I'm still lucky enough to be able to do so, you still have to have that diversity there to understand when things are going to change and you have to be able to adapt to those changes. So I don't think of it as taking, even though it was non-traditional and did have its tangents, those tangents were all systematic and played, played along well with each other. 
Wow, that's profound because I didn't see it that way. But the, when you mentioned it, I was like, oh, that is so true because things do happen, not just to us, but they happen for us. And if you see it that way from that perspective, then you see it how they play along systematically according to what you just said. And by you spending 25 years in the music industry and then later on pivoting into you know, transportation and security, what was the hardest thing that you learned during this, those seasons and how did it help you grow? I think that's where the passion for branding, and I know a lot of people don't like the word branding. And if you just break it down to it, the nutshell of it all is just building your reputation. And I think that's where the passion to help others build their reputation came in because I took what took me 25 plus years to learn and I applied it to the other industries and I was able to rise quicker in those other industries based on the experience I had in the entertainment industry. And the entertainment industry is a very hard industry to crack and to grow in. A lot of people start, they put you know, their effort in and it doesn't go well and then they, they stop. And so the passion and the drive and desire it took to continue to truly succeed and then learning the lessons I learned and what worked for me and what didn't work for me and watching other people and seeing how they did things and what worked for them and didn't work for them. All of that experience over the 25 years is what led to me being successful at coaching others and helping them learn what to do at a faster rate. So when I pivoted into the security side of the entertainment industry and then even beyond that, it was the experience I had through the entertainment industry that allowed me to succeed at the rate I did. Mm, okay. And when you think about the music industry today, have you ever thought about going back because it has changed drastically in what we see today? And I feel like sometimes people want quick success. They don't want to go, go through, you know, the pains, the struggle points and et cetera. They just want to arrive. And in life, there's not always going to be that silver spoon in your mouth. There's not always going to be that overnight success. Sometimes you have to plant the seed, water it, fertilize it in order to reap the harvest. So what type of advice would you give to those individuals? Sure. Now, I am still heavily involved in the entertainment industry and the development of artists. And I love to, to take somebody who is has less experience than some of the others. I've had the opportunity to work with countless people. I've worked in Nashville for a very large portion of my 25 year span. So I was very lucky to connect with some producers that hired me to work on some very well-known product projects. So again, taking that, that benefit and applying it to those who don't have that experience and helping those who do not have the, the background and experience in the, the luck in a lot of cases to experience this, I was able to help them and guide them. And, you know, whether it could be as simple as which studio should we use to record this album or which photographer is going to be best for your project or what graphic artist is going to be the one that's going to be able to provide the, the best artwork for your, for your album cover. And that applies to podcasts as well. So we got to think that these things are all fundamental 
even though I started in the entertainment industry, all of these things apply to every industry. So when I was working in security, we were doing the same exact building blocks that I was doing in the entertainment world. I was also doing in the security world. And then I would have countless officers who would work for me. I mean, thousands, I would have over a thousand at one location in a lot of times or one, one um, entertainment company or one technology company. Uh, I've worked in Silicon Valley for the past three years dealing with a lot of the, the bigger companies, the bigger tech companies. And it's always the same. People want to know how do, how do they work their way up? How do they get to that next step? And I had the, the privilege of helping them, but I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't learn how to do it myself. Wow. That, that's so true. You can't help somebody if you haven't experienced it or been through it. And the fact that whenever we're in various industries, like for example, I'll use my background. I spent 12 years in oil and gas and energy, but the skills that I acquire and the experience, those are all transferable. If I want to break into tech, if I'm doing podcasting or et cetera, what I learned doesn't go, you know, unnoticed. I just have to know how to take it and apply it to another industry and leverage that. And then to your point, networking too is also very you know, vital whenever it comes to trying to move up in an organization. It's not always what you know sometimes in this day and age, it's who you know. And how can you help that person as much as that person helps you? It should be mutually beneficial because I feel like sometimes people connect to you for what you can do for them, not necessarily how they could help you and how you could grow together. So there's a saying right now, they say, is collaboration the same as competition? And should collaboration be seen as a negative? Because if you're collaborating with someone in your same vein, how is that helping you? When in actuality, in my stance, Jay, and correct me if you have a different viewpoint, I feel like if you're collaborating with someone in your same industry, you're not going to know the same people, or you may, but your voice is totally different than their voice. What they bring to the table is different than what you bring to the table. So you could play upon each other's strengths and build in that way. Don't focus on your weaknesses, focus on your strengths and how you could use those strengths to create a united front. And to me, that is far better than being in a competition. We have to look for ways to collaborate and complement versus compete with one another. There's more than enough room at the table for us all to win and create that balance. Would you agree or disagree with that, Jay? No, I'd absolutely agree. And I could give you a couple examples that could support it. You mentioned the collaboration piece. And during my time in the entertainment industry, when I was starting, I got the, the privilege of working with a producer named Bob Bullock. He is a little bit older than I am and had a massive, massive success in the, in the entertainment industry. And I mean, just a sample of his success. He did the last three Shania Twain albums. He did the last 11 George Strait albums. Um, Kenny Chesney, on and on and on and on. A very talented producer. Definitely did not need me for my abilities, my talents. However, he did recognize that we complemented each other. So I worked with Bob for three years and I worked as his, his second engineer and he would produce projects 
and sometimes engineer them. And uh, I would just be there to lend a second set of hands and set up microphones and, and run the console when necessary and do all of those things. But what helped me with him is just like you said, he had a different skill set than I did. And those two sets of skills complemented each other. So he wasn't threatened by me. You know, he was there and he was happy to learn anything that I might know that he didn't, but I was definitely happy to learn things that, that he knew that I didn't. And then just like right now, I run a coaching service consulting and I have a partner that I work, work with, Mindy Joe Regal, who is also a branding strategist. And I could easily say, look, we're both, you know, strategists, we're both trying to do the same things. This isn't going to work out go run your own business. But I welcomed her with open arms because it's not about the fact that we both do the same things or we work in the same industry. We have different viewpoints. You know, it's she, she has a very specific set of people that she works with and helps. And I have my own people. And I tell her all the time, the people who are going to come to me aren't going to want to go to you. And the people that go to you aren't going to want to go to me. And we might have things that we can help each other on. So I think having that different skill set just widens the ability for you to be able to help others. It doesn't narrow it, it doesn't hurt you. It actually helps you. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like whenever you're bringing together two different people who may necessarily do the same thing, what you're creating is diversity. You're creating equity. You're creating inclusivity. You're also creating equality and a sense of belonging because no two people are alike. And being alike is being boring. And I certainly don't wanna connect with robots. I'm not a robot, but I wanna connect with someone who would challenge me in the way that I could grow personally and professionally. Because if I stay with the same mindset, the same level, then I am not achieving my goals. And those goals are just goals. They're not dreams that are turning into realities because I haven't opened my capabilities to think beyond the box. I'm allowing myself to be boxed in because maybe imposter syndrome has kicked in. Maybe I'm afraid to take that leap. Maybe it's limited beliefs and doubts. But whenever you expand your mindset, you surround yourself with people who are further along than you and people from different backgrounds, people who can bring various things to the table, then we are really working on brand strategies, personal branding, development, because we can't do it alone. If we were created to do it alone, the world would be very small and closed off. So Jay, as we um, get ready to wind down our segment, I wanna play a game with you and then I wanna reverse engineer something with you where I flip the table on you and I'm in the hot seat and you ask me questions. But before we get there, I wanna ask you, when you think about how far you have came so far in your life, what else is on the horizon? Because you're not old. You mentioned you were old early on. And I wanted to say, Jay, you're seasoned. You've been around the block a few times. You still have lots to learn. And as long as you are living and breathing, there's still purpose inside of you that needs to be ignited. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Please tell my wife. I will. Just give me, just give me her number and I can tell her if you want. <laughs> 
So what's what's next for you, um, Jay? Well, um, I mentioned Mindy, Mindy Joe Regal, and we just finished writing a book together. It's my fourth book, and I think her second. And we collaborated, as we discussed, we collaborated with this um, to write a leadership book. So that was very good. It was a very good experience for both of us. And it's actually being released this week. So we're very excited about that. And we already have plans in the works for our second follow-up book to that. So that's definitely my future for a little while is that. We do our, our radio show and our podcast as well. And that's a personal branding and a leadership development type show. So we are definitely happy about that. She's my co-host and we work with another gentleman named Keith, Keith Sensing. And together, the three of us interview and do segments offline as well. So it's um, definitely fun and exciting for us to take that path. And then other than that, I love coaching and love helping people. So my main focus is on my calendar so I can fit in as many coaching sessions and um, things like that with people as possible. Congratulations on your fourth book with Mindy Joe, your podcast and your radio. What's the name of the podcast and the radio segment so the listeners and viewers know? Sure. It's Franzi and Friends, F-R-A-N-Z-E and Friends. Amazing. And I'll have all that in the show notes. But now let's play this game. I want you to ask me questions and I'm going to just give you a few things to help you formulate your questions because I want to learn more from you. So Jay, I am an author. I have two books on the market and three books that I have collaborated with a podcaster of gems podcast that you're on now. And I also have a radio show on blog talk radio. So internet-based radio that I do on a monthly basis on top of my professional lane, where I have a degree in supply chain and logistics and technology with double minors, purchasing and organizational leadership and supervision. Just um, finished a four weeks course not too long ago for Scrum Master because I wanted to take what I had already applied in the working industry and get a PSM one, which is professional Scrum Master. So those are just some quick tips about me. Oh, multi-generation. Um, multi-generational in a sense. And I am first-generation American, Caribbean and South American descent. So now that you know a little bit about me, I want you to act as if I was your avatar, meaning I am his ideal client and he's coaching me and he's helping me work on my personal branding because he's a branding strategist and he also focuses on leadership development. But I just wanted to give him enough that he knows about me and then by him asking questions, you'll see how he's able to formulate it that way for those of you who need a coach, tap in with Jay. Ready, Jay? Does that help? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Let's just start at the end. What is the end goal? So when I say that to you, let's say five years from now, where do you hope to be? Five years from now, I hope to be speaking on stages worldwide. I hope that the imprint that I'm making is driving the impact so I can be the world changer that I've always desired to be. So on various platforms, connecting with women and men who know who they are now because they've done the work in order to peel off the shells that society and their family members have put on them. Sure. And what do you hope to be speaking about? Diversity, equity, and inclusion, leadership, 
and taking your rightful place. All right. So if we have those, if we have that as our goal, let's take one more step back. And where do we plan on speaking? Do we plan on speaking at universities or do we plan on doing more of a public style speaking engagement? I want to do a mixture, public style university. And I still want to do virtual because we don't know how long this pandemic is going to last and we don't know what the future looks like. So I don't want to box myself in. All right. So now let's take a look at you yourself. You said you have it. You have an educational background in supply chain and logistics. Okay. So do you have anything that goes in addition to that at this point? Any um, specializations? Yes. So exports. I worked on exports for polyethylene as well as polypropylene. Did a lot of vendor management when I was a raw material coordinator for a chemical plant. I've held a lot of different events such as OTC, that's the Offshore Technology Conference. I'm getting ready to tap in with the World Petroleum Cong Congress um, event that's coming up December. It starts December 5th through the 9th, but I'm gonna volunteer with them to help with the ministers of energy. I've done different oil and gas events that I have either helped plan and coordinate whether they were globally or they were just here locally. Another capability is just effective communication. So I've led different um, meetings where I delivered KPIs, which are key performance indicators that I talked about what were our metrics, building a program from the ground up for trade regulations and compliance coordination, which is a niche area because not everyone focused on um, regulations and et cetera. And that's just a few to name. All right, so you have your, your speaking goal you have your educational background. Now let's talk a little bit about your book. What are your books about? So my book is entitled Chocolate Drop in Corporate America from the Pit to the Palace, where I shared my experience of starting at the bottom, working my way up in oil and gas, having to really advocate for myself, take ownership of my career, and not necessarily be where they wanted me to be, but look beyond the limitations that they had on me and prove, prove to myself as well as prove to the leaders that I was capable of tapping into various professional roles. I talk about how some people talk about DE&I as a way to check the box, but we need to move from that model and really look at what is diversity, equity, and inclusion, and how can we take that and really see it evident in an organization? Because if people are not just necessarily seen and heard, they're going to want to stay and work for your company because they feel like they have a rightful place. But if that individual is just seen as a number to the corporation, then over time, they're going to check out and they're going to move on to the next employer that you know, connects with them, their morals, their values, and, you know, of course they're paid. They want to be paid, paid well, because you spend uh, the majority of your time at work. You do. I do anyway. Um, let's talk about your podcast for just a second. Do you have a, a specific direction that you want to see the podcast go in? Yes. So I want to see the metrics um, improve. It has already improved from being ranked at the top 10% globally. Now it's ranked in the top 5% globally. I want to get in the 
rank. I want to have my podcast be heard worldwide in all countries to connect with various people since the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. And my audience ranges from ages 18 to 60 plus, male and female, as well as some people who identified as non-binary. All right. And do you have a website that supports this? I do. It is the hell hello.llc backslash Genesis Amaris Kemp. So it's a one-stop, one-tap briefcase with all of my info in one place. And it will be revamped soon by the developer. So everything is not so condensed. All right. And do you have a social platform that backs that up? Social it's, media. Yes. So I'm on Instagram at Genesis Amaris Kemp, Facebook, Twitter, and then I dabble on Clubhouse. Okay. For the sake of time, let's stop with just those items. So that gives us six items to focus on. So just from hearing you talk, I can tell that you're, you have a passion. Okay, so you have a passion about leadership and diversity. Okay, if I were to look at this, you're telling me that you want to be a speaker on that subject. So the first thing I would do is find out what credentials you would need to be respected as a speaker that you can then go ahead and earn the respect of the people that would be hiring you and show that you had the credentials necessary to be up on that stage. So it could be done one of two ways. It can be done one with backup of education. That's why I asked you the education question, which you have a background in supply chain and logistics. So I would try to find a way to add on to that background, something to do with leadership. So that way, the more leadership style things that you can add onto that, the more credentials you can get, the better supporting of that education it'll be because you learned everything you know through that industry. So oil and gas. So now we need to take what you've learned and just broaden it. So if we broaden that with some of that educational background in leadership or development. The other thing you talked about your book, which you talked about diversity again. So again, good, we're tying everything in. Things are, um, things are all on the same page here. And then your podcast. When I asked you about your podcast, a couple of things that stood out to me is the first thing you mentioned with the podcast is stats. To me, I wouldn't worry about your stats being your, your goal because the stats will come in time. It takes, usually takes about three years for a podcast to truly become what we would call successful. So what are we going to call a successful podcast? So if I say to you, what makes your podcast successful? When will you feel as if it's a success? I will feel my podcast is a success whenever it reaches worldwide in all countries. And I have a certain number of downloads and I have certain people that are sending me audio messages or emails telling me how either my solo episodes or the interviews have helped them personally and professionally, because I know that that is driving an impact. And then the mission is correlating to that. Sure. Well, just two things there. Again, we start off with, with stats and stats are one of those things that can be manipulated. So you can have a podcast that's not very good and they can manipulate their stats to the point where their numbers rise, or their followers rise, or those things happen. So I wouldn't necessarily rely on the stats. I would go more with your second portion where you said where you're getting feedback from people that you're helping people. So if you've put your focus on helping people, 
the rest of that stuff will continue to grow. So if, if you find somebody in another country or even in our own country where you're, you've, you've connected and you're able to provide them with some sort of assistance where you can help them, that will then grow and somebody will see that or they'll recommend you to somebody else. You want to grow your engaged audience, not just your audience. So it's very easy to grow by a number. I mean, you could hire somebody to do that for you. You could just sit back, watch TV, and your numbers will grow. But what you want to do is grow your engaged audience. That requires you and your efforts, not somebody else. So you need to engage with them. So when you do that, you need to follow up with your website and your social media. So your website is the first way people are typically going to find you or your podcast, or if they hear you from your podcast, that's the place where you need to drive people to. So if you're driving those people to your website, that is how they're going to get to know you and find out what you have to offer. Because I'm assuming you're not doing your podcast just to market yourself or try to sell a service. So what you're trying to do is get people to engage with you and develop those relationships. And then you continue those relationships on social media. So the key things that I would say, if, if those are your goals, and let's stop there for a second. Am I getting close to what your goals are and how you see this path going? Yes. And this is super helpful because it's also showcasing to the listeners and the viewers a taste of what you would do for your paid clientele and your avatar. Sure. So let's take this a step further now. If we're talking, let's let's work it backwards. So if we know the goal is for you to be speaking in public and helping other people. Let's just boil it right down to that. Then let's narrow down the niche. Who are we trying to help? Put a, put a vision in your head of who you're trying to help. Is it a young professional? Is it a college graduate? Is it a college student? You know, start to picture in your head the type and the exact person. And like you mentioned earlier, yes, there'll be people in their 60s that listen to your show and will find some sort of value to it. But that might be the exception. So you need to really narrow that niche down to who you think your your exact listener should be. And then you have to cater to that person. I'm not saying you don't help the others. I'm saying you cater your knowledge to that person, your delivery to that person. So let's say it's a young professional, fresh college graduate going into the work, the, the work field. And you now have that image. You can start to, to put a you can start to put it together that that person's probably in their, in their early 20s. You can even get down to their dress. You know, they might be business casual versus trying to be suit and tie. And you can start to really put that image of what that person is together. So now you know who that is. And now you're going to start asking yourself, what does that person want to know? Not what do you want to tell people? What do they need to know? So what steps do they need to know to get to their next position? And what things can you tell them to help them broaden their knowledge and their abilities? And then let's get back to you. So if you know that's who you're helping and you know what you want to do, so now let's start thinking of where you can start speaking. So if you start to speak at colleges, now you have a a market that has the exact person, the exact avatar that you're talking about. Now you're speaking right to them. I mean, if you go to a college and you speak at a graduation or if you speak at a function that they're holding, 
you are speaking to a room full of people that are the exact image that you put together in your head. So now you have that image of who you want to talk to. All right. And then you can back it up. The qualifications, especially when dealing with a college student, is you need to show them that you've done something, that you have an educational background that they don't yet, and that you have some experience that they don't yet. So you're just a little bit of credibility. And your books definitely help with that. So not only are you a college graduate, you've got work experience in the oil and gas industry, which is definitely one of the bigger industries in our country, and you've written books. So you're well on your way to building that reputation. Where I see the struggle right now is the podcast. You're doing your podcast and you're talking to people. I would really narrow that niche down to who you're trying to talk to and why you're trying to talk to those people. And then I would take that those that information from those interviews in the solo shows, the type of information you're delivering to people. And I would take all that and drive it to your website. So at the end of every show, you want to keep your conversation going. Just head over to our website and we'll keep this conversation going. You can put comments um, in our show notes and I'll respond back and then take the time to respond back to each and every comment you get and develop the relationship with your listeners. And then do that on social as well. So if you're on LinkedIn or Twitter, as you mentioned, those type of accounts, realize what each one of those accounts is intended for and cater to it. So LinkedIn is, is intended for professionals. Yes, some people take it a little bit more casual these days, and you could probably get away with doing so. However, if you drive directly to what the intent of that service is, they will start recognizing you as a, as a positive contributor to their community, the LinkedIn community, and they'll push your stuff out further. And your following will get to know you more on a personal level within the professional world. And then you move that to Twitter. Now, going from LinkedIn to Twitter to Instagram, all of these things are very different. So LinkedIn, very you know professional and so forth, even though, yes, it can be a little looser. Twitter is very more like headline news, like you're, you're commenting on the news or you're releasing news or you're releasing an article and you're, you're delivering headlines. And then Instagram is a visual platform where you're, you're developing in a visual message. The key thing for you or for anybody else is to keep a consistent message. So your LinkedIn page, say you're, you're promoting equity and diversion or diversity, and that should be the same message on Twitter, and it should be the same message on Instagram. The message that you want to get out is the message that should be the same across the board. Now, how you do it across the board is what can vary. Obviously, on Instagram, you're talking a visual platform, so release some engaging pictures that will cause somebody to bite and want to see what, what is this picture about? And then you talk about it and you put your, your two cents in on that picture, you know, and deliver your message, but deliver it in a visual way. And then on Twitter, deliver it with a headline and support it with an art article or something. There's no reason why you can't write the article. I would much rather see an article that you wrote in a headline that you developed rather than just promoting somebody else's article. However, you can promote somebody else's article, which is fine. I'm sure they'd like that. But add your spin to it. 
So when you, when you do promote somebody else's article or you do share an article from somebody else, what I would recommend is that you put your commentary in it. So when you share the article, say, look, this is an article about the top three things that you can do to be more aware of diversity in the workplace. However, I really want you to focus on number, on number two, because number two, in my experience, has caused X, Y, and Z. And now you're not just sharing an article, you're sharing an article with your spin and you're developing your credibility so you are seen as an expert. You don't want to be out flagging yourself and holding, holding up a sign saying, I'm an expert. What you want to do is show people that you know what you're talking about. Those so are incredible I, tips, Jay, so far. Like I would just focus on those, those six things to start off for you or anybody else and make sure that you are delivering the same message. And then lastly, I would just mention things like you said you had a website, but the, the Earl or the, the .com name is not very easily rememberable. So I would make sure that you have just put the extra, it's $10 a year to buy a domain name, buy the name, point it to your website. And same thing with your podcast, if it's going to go under a different name, buy the name, point it to your podcast. So that way, when you are on your podcast and you can say, come visit us at, and nobody has to remember anything else, or the show notes are available at, and you just give them your name. So for me, I told you my show is franzianfriends.com. So at the end of every show, I don't want to give a laundry list of, of things that calls to action. I'm not giving you a laundry list of things I want you to do. I'm giving you one. Please visit our website, franzianfriends.com. Once I get you there, you can do everything else. You, you can subscribe to the show. You can share the show. You can get the show notes. You can read about this or you can see the book or you can do whatever you want. All I'm asking you to do is just please visit the, the website. From, from there, it's your own choice. It's your value. And I like that because you're not having them go to various different places. And with, um, with that, Jay, I want to really respect your time because we did go a little bit over. So please tell the listeners and viewers once again who you are, plug your website again, and if you want, leave them with a gem. <laughs> well, my name is Jay Franzi. I am a personal brand strategist. You can find anything you'd like to know about me at jfranzi.com. And I do have a podcast. It's franziandfriends.com. Uh, where leaders share their secrets and we talk about branding advice that helps you develop a brand that demands attention. So I don't need to give you any more than that. Just please, if you'd like to reach out, um, feel free. My personal cell phone number and my email address are both on my website. If you want to ask me any questions or reach out to me directly, I'm more than happy to help. And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp. You just heard Jay Franzi. All of his contact information will be in the show notes. Make sure you plug in with him. He gave us a lot of amazing gems today. And remember, you are your brand. You are worth it. And you, did, you have your rightful place on earth. So don't ever let somebody or anything deter you from showing up, being authentic, and achieving all of your dreams. And until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day.